At 4ZZZ, we acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we broadcast. We pay our respects to the elders past, present and emerging of the Turbul and Jagera people. We acknowledge that their sovereignty over this land was never ceded. And we stand in solidarity with them. You're listening to Transmission on 4ZZZ. Amplifying the trans and gender non-conforming voices of Brisbane and beyond. Hello, hello, you're listening to Transmission on 4ZZZ. My name is Ez, I use he, him pronouns, and yeah, Transmission's all about amplifying the voices of the trans community here in Mianjin and beyond. And today, we've got a special episode because I've got a beautiful friend, Marissa, how you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Returning guest, last time we talked about... What did we talk about last time? We talked about neurodiversity one time. That's right. But we've also had another one. <laughs> yes, we have. I can't remember. <laughs> and this one is about... We're talking about power today. Power. Power is our special mm. subject for the morning. Yeah. So we're going to have an interesting conversation about power, how that relates to transness and the trans community, and what power really is and what we can do with it. So Yeah, ways to be creative with it. I'm all mm-hmm. about the creative responses. So Creative power. Yeah. All right. Well, before we get straight into that, I'll just mention the week in community events and news. So coming up, I got a message from the one and only Selma Sol. She says, I'm back, baby, with Bad Times Trivia. And I know you freaks are excited for me to tell it, tell it at you. <laughs> the team at Easy Times Brewing Co. and myself are excited to invite you and your smartest and or preferably dumbest friends to have a go at the most unfair trivia night this coming and every other coming Wednesday, unless natural disaster and or state of origin game should be inflicted upon us. Registration is 6.30pm for a 7pm start. Prizes are still to be arranged and the booking info is to come. But yeah, that's Selma Soul. Easy Times Brewing presents Bad Times Trivia. So yeah, definitely keep your eyes out for that. And in news, not really anything too much to report other than Kai and I will be heading to Melbourne, down to Nam tomorrow and we'll be down there for two weeks so you've got two special guest hosts for the next two weeks coming up while kai and i are down in melbourne we're going to be going to a lot of really cool queer and trans orientated businesses venues events and spaces and we're going to do what we can to collect all the good stuff and go you know what stuff you melbourne we're going to take it to brisbane so we're going to talk about what's cool down there and what we can do up here and how we can make our community better and stronger when we come back so yeah You'll have two weeks. You've got Sev, host of After Dark, as well as Jay, who you may know from No Idea. If you listen on Wednesdays to 4ZZZ, Jay is going to be hanging out in the studio. I'm not sure what Jay's actually going to be talking about, but um, it'll be good. You'll know Jay from our uh, Alexander Ball segments and House of Alexander ballroom stuff. So, yeah. Amplifying the voices of the trans and gender non-conforming community of Mianjin, Brisbane and beyond. Transmission on 4ZZZ brings you the latest in trans community news, music and events. Every Tuesday from 9am till 10am, join our team of hosts for an hour of celebrating the unique perspectives of the trans community. Transmission, Tuesday mornings from 9am till 10am on 4ZZZ. You're listening to Transmission on 4ZZZ. My name is Ez, he, him. Uh, I'm Marisa, my pronouns are they, them. And yeah, we're going to be chatting about power. Power. Power! So, what is power? 
Okay. <laughs> power is one of my favorite subjects. <laughs> so, okay, at its like most basic, there are so many definitions, but it's really just in its simplest, it's the ability to influence or to impact your environment. So, mm. actually, we're using power all the time. Like, whether we know it or not, we're kind of, like, wired to use it. Human power, wielding yeah. power, all the time. Yeah, all the time. So, I think we tend to think about it as something that we have or we don't have. We think of it as, as a possession, or right. we tend to think of it in quite a binary way, like they have the power and I don't have the power, or vice versa. Right, right. But actually, like, it's very, very fluid and we're all simultaneously in a position of power and disempowerment at the same time, always, pretty so, like, much. <laughs> an example of that would be that you're a guest on this show yep. and the power would be in my control because I'm at the panel pushing the buttons. Yeah, definitely. So, so you that. have some... And I would say I have some because I could say some pretty embarrassing things about you. As you a, really could. As a guest, you know. <laughs> you could. It's fine. It's yeah. Fine. <laughs> so, so it's like multiple directions all the time. And, you know, maybe I have more power as a guest than someone else because we're friends and someone else might not be friends with you or... Yeah, right. Because I know other people at 4 Z. Maybe I have some more. So I have, like, the power of proximity. Um, mm. yeah. And you teach power, right? Or you sort of teach a bit of these dynamics? Yeah, so I tutor in social work, critical social work. And so we talk about power a lot with the social work students. It's really important because pretty much as soon as you're a social worker, you have a lot of power over your clients. So it's really important to be aware of how you're using it. And if you really don't think you're using power, actually, that can get you into some traps like some of the worst practices can come from the fact that you don't have an awareness about the power that you're holding. And the responsibility that comes with. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, at the risk of like, I'm sure people know that I love Spider-Man, but with great power comes great responsibility, right? Yeah. And that's that whole thing of, especially if you're in a position where you have a sense of authority, so authority and power. So I, you know, I heavily associate power with politicians and government. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess that really relates to the powerless feeling that trans community members have about the government and the lack of help and support can feel like an oppression and or just you're ignoring us yeah. and how we how we go about taking that power back. So how does that relate? How do how do we Well, we have like you know, structural oppression is a huge issue and it can make you feel very powerless and actually a lot of the time it works by making you feel powerless even if you're not entirely powerless in certain situations. You know, oppression can really mess with you and your ability to act upon the world. Yeah, so, and yeah. think too, right? Yeah. Like your ability to think and process through things. Absolutely. So, um, you know, we like to teach that even if you're, like, extremely powerless in a situation, you always have some. You always have a bit, even if it's a very humble little bit. One of the classic examples is some of our most helpless kind of states of being when we're little babies, completely dependent on someone else for survival. But you can cry. You can exercise power by crying. And a lot of people respond very quickly to babies <laughs> crying, you know. So um, crying babies, it's a power move? <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, it's a way of getting your needs met. It's a way of influencing your environment. So you get some food or some cuddles or yeah, right. <laughs> something. And it's also like, and it's as well as it being a self-expression or a, an emotive, emotive experience as well. It's also coupled with power. Yeah. So what do you find so fascinating about power and power dynamics? Well, I have a highly analytical brain, <laughs> so I love pulling apart <laughs> any 
social or political situation. But I really love the idea that power is really fluid and it's flowing through almost everything that we say and do and the way we interact with the world. And it's also up for grabs at any moment. And there's so many creative ways you can subvert it. One of the examples I like to think about is, you know, there's this like lotto advert where this guy is writing a test, a school student is writing a test and he finishes late and the teacher's like, nah, I'm not letting you submit your test at the front of the room. And the kid goes, do you like know who I am in a kind of angry way? And the teacher's like, no, I literally don't care who you are. I don't know who you are and I don't care. And the kid's like, oh, great. And he just opens a pile of tests and slip his test into the pile of other tests. So, just randomly inside. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it just gets lost in a pile of tests. So in that example, it's like, oh, this kid used the power of being anonymous to get his test in. Yeah, right. It, so you can subvert so it, you know, you can grab it, you can work with it, <laughs> you and can like, be groovy about it. And, like, trans community members do this a lot, you know. Yeah. Uh, we're always trying to subvert things, particularly, like, um, within the community... I was talking to someone, Bet. I will. That's that's who who I was talking to. Lovely person who I met at Quiver. Also, excellent event. If you want to check that out, and we were talking about how trans masks have this ability to, as they transition, they become more masculine, might grow more facial hair, whatever. Their voices change. Maybe there's surgery. Maybe there's not. Doesn't matter. But that you're like, oh, you know, really against feminine attire, and then as you medically transition or things change. You start going, huh, now I look, now that I pass as a Mm. cis man or whatever in certain scenarios, which is a sense of power that Mm. you, and privilege that you move into, Mm -hmm. we want to subvert that because I kind of hate that. I kind of resent that. And I lived a life of not that privilege. Mm. Um, And I don't really like, and my way of challenging that, that binary, that status, that privilege is to subvert it. So I paint my nails really loud or, um, and a lot of trans masks will wear dresses or skirts or just go one way and then all the way back the other way again and then just whatever, does it even matter and just subvert and twist and bend all of this power dynamic and this perception, Mm. Um, which is just really, it's so cool. Mm. It's so cool that we can grab this gender and because gender, you know, as we have known, men equals power, women equals less than that power. Mm -hmm. So we've grabbed both of these binary genders and gone, nah. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna mess with this and we're gonna mess with you in that process and we take power back in that process. Yeah, definitely. So it's really cool. It's really cool what we can do. My name is Georgie Stone and you're listening to Transmission on Four Triple Z. You're listening to Transmission on Four Triple Z. My name is Ez, he him. And I'm Marisa they them. And we're chatting about power, what power is and does and is everywhere and how we can creatively use it and how we can seize it for our own, but also how we can subvert it and change things. And that's in relation not just to the trans community, but for everyone. Everyone can take something from this. So, yeah, power. Power. We're all living in power dynamics all the time. They're inescapable, I would say. Yeah, and, we're, and just during like some of the music there, Marisa and I were chatting about how oppression can create, sometimes, not always, but oppression creates the illusion of powerlessness. Yeah. Uh, but in actual fact, we all have power to a certain extent and how we can manipulate that to our advantage and seize yeah. more power. Yeah, definitely. So I have like a little anecdote about 
identity, how I was going to do a singing performance. I was very scared about it. I hadn't done it before. And I wasn't thinking of myself as like a real or legitimate performer. So I got up there and the band started playing too fast. And I was like, oh God, I've just got to get through this. Like that's what I thought in the moment. I've just got to get through this. And yeah, I got through this performance with the band playing too fast. And I think back on it and how I just felt so powerless in that moment, but it was literally my performance. Like I could have so easily <laughs> been like, show. yeah, I could have been like, uh, hey guys, can we just like slow it down a bit? Like I could have given them the pace and then restarted it or something. But because I had constructed myself as powerless going into it, I didn't feel like I had the power to do that. And I didn't. Yeah. And that kind of stems from, you know, when when we're born, uh, assigned female at birth and perceived as women uh, or, or little girls or whatever, when, when we're growing up, we're told that there's a certain cap of power that you have yeah. as a woman, right? And then for, for a trans mask, particularly in my experience, I've come from a feminist background, you know, really radical mom and, you know, fighting for our equality and our power back and, and that. And as I started to transition and moved into passing privilege, which mm-hmm. is the ability to pass as a cis man, although people would not know that I'm trans unless I told them. So that's a privilege. That's a power. And so as I moved into that space, I realized the privilege that I came into. And so I wanted to subvert that. However, It's a bit different the other way around. So for a lot of trans femmes who were born perceived male at birth, they're raised with a different idea of how much power you can seize from the world and what's yours, which is usually the opposite for what women have. And so when they transition, for when those trans femmes transition, they come into misogyny. They come into the patriarchy. And they don't realize that until they're transitioning and they go into it and they fall into it and they go, oh, crap. Mm -hmm. This is the difference. We see the literal gap in lived experience through interaction and so on and so on and so on. And all of this is entrenched in misogyny and What an incredible perspective to have. It is. Trans Mm -hmm. people have a lens that is just, yeah, it's mind-boggling. And that's why when we say gender is meaningless, we mean it. (laughs) (laughs) It it really is meaningless. When you get to a point where you see everything, the veil has been lifted, it really is just a terrible, terrible illusion of power. And this illusion that oppression creates that you are powerless but you're not um yeah. and so no, we, we i would subvert kind stuff. of say it's like both it's like you've got this structural element to it this societal element and there are real barriers to people like those things aren't illusions but often we can get into these ways of thinking they're often self-protective ways of thinking but like oh no i can't try that because that's going to go bad because i'm going to face transphobia there or that space isn't for me i can't do that and that's one of the ways that oppression can really reinforce itself by giving you this worldview that you can't even do anything, <laughs> like you can't even try, you can't even go places. So we internalize, we can internalize those um, power structures and we can really start to take them for granted in conscious and unconscious ways. And that's, yeah, it's one of the ways that oppression reinforces itself. And I guess like we were talking about allies as well. And, like, you know, it's tricky when you're, like, trying to be a good ally. And, um, you know, we, we're like, oh, a good ally will call out bad pronouns and will, you know, will mm. the wrong pronouns and, and, you know, all that sort of stuff. But that's so dependent on circumstance and the power mm. that's involved in the situation as well. Um, you know, yeah. if you have a boss that uses the wrong pronouns for a coworker, not necessarily yourself, and you're afraid of your position in relation to that boss and mm-hmm. your coworker, you might be too afraid to correct those pronouns. You might also not have the damn energy to yeah. do to advocate for someone else you know so and that's absolutely no fault of your own 
you know? Yeah. So something I see happen a lot with my students, like people learning how to be social workers, is we get a lot of things that we call critical incidents where some, like, racism or transphobia or something has happened in their organisation or with a client and they've just, like, let the moment pass them by and then they've gone, oh, my God, I'm, like, a terrible activist. I'm a terrible ally. I've just failed at being a good activist. So there's this binary thinking around good activist, bad activist, like, successful activist, failed activist. The black and white. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then they feel more powerless because they've just gone, I've failed, you know. But actually, if you think about it, what have they done? So... If you've let a, a moment pass you by, you've probably protected yourself from some potential negative consequences of speaking up. And that's an exercise of power, even though you didn't do anything. It can feel very passive, but you did something. You know, mm-hmm. there's a reason that you didn't speak up. You've also potentially preserved your relationships with those people so you can keep working on them. You know, like yeah, it's true, not just true. like one and done because you let the moment pass. It can be very useful to have a good relationship with someone to, you know, go talk to them, work with them later. It's good too because you can actually recognize the incident or the moment and then take it with you and go, now how can I bring this up in a way that I can lead them to a place of like new awareness or new understanding? I like to do a lot of taking my time when I hear things and then coming back to people. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like one of the questions, like it might be a little bit of a challenging question for some people, but do you have to talk to someone about their transphobia to make them less transphobic? I would argue that there's a lot of different ways to like help someone become less transphobic. And one of them might be to relate to them on a different level or, you know, with other things to really humanize yourself to them and, you know, potentially like be there for them if they're a friend or a colleague in other ways. And maybe you literally never have to talk about transphobia, but their transphobia changes because of your presence with them. You know? Yeah. So there's, it's just to say that there are like so many options. There's so, so many ways to make change with people in our relationships. And using your power to do that. Yeah, using the power of friendship. <laughs> <laughs> the power of friendship. Yeah, of course, never do anything that makes you feel unsafe or, you know, and some situations they really do warrant a call out. But it's just not the only way, I would say. I think you can be really creative with it. <laughs> yeah, we were just talking about like creatively solving things with power and recognizing how how we can take that back. How many genders are there? I don't know. I just got here. You're listening to Transmission on 4 Z. My name is Ez, he, him. And I'm Marisa, they, them. Uh, we were chatting about power and what we can do with it and what you think you could do couldn't have done with it but there's actually there and all this stuff. we're learning all, lots of things about <laughs> yeah, power we've gotten a bit philosophical so far <laughs> um but we were saying let's maybe get a bit more practical about it yeah let's get practical let's get practical <laughs> sorry okay let's, let's, let's do it <laughs> so um i brought this amazing book in it's called power a user's guide <laughs> wow i think and i'm a, i always think of a lightsaber when i think of power <laughs> yes use the power use the force yeah for use good. the force yeah like the whole thing <laughs> exactly so i i really love this book because you know, she sees power as being in things like institutions, in hierarchies, in forms of status, in seniority and things like that. Mm. But like me, she doesn't see those things as fixed because she also sees power playing out in interactions with other people all the time. What's, what's the and author? it's up for grabs. Julie Diamond. Julie Diamond. All right. Yeah. So she's got this, like, great little list of, like, 
things that you can be self-aware about, kind of like common misuses of power or mistakes with power. And we thought power we could mishaps. go through them. Yeah, power mishaps. <laughs> yeah. And I've fallen into a lot of these before. <laughs> you know, it's, um, some of them are very relatable to me. So... Yeah, I'm sure let, as you list them, as you, li- I'm sure as you list them, people go, "Oh, that's me." Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, mm. totally. <laughs> so here's one that she says: using power before earning it. She says, "When you think authority alone makes you the leader, you lose legitimacy. Mm. So you got to really earn your power instead of just like embarking on a new initiative before anyone's really like and respect from you and things like that. And you just kind of like go ahead." And that can really mess with things. And it's like, oh, yeah. we don't know who you are. Why are you just taking... Why are you leader? Self-appointed. Yeah, exactly. And you haven't cultivated your relationships, communicated ideas with people, things like that. You've just gone, oh, I'm in the position of authority. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's one. I know a few of them. Yeah. <laughs> this one's really relatable to me, sidestepping authority. So she says, determined not to misuse power, you avoid taking a stand and making tough calls. <laughs> so you have power, but you're kind of, you're actionless. Yeah, like mm. maybe you're really scared of being seen as authoritarian or you, you see power as being really bad, so you don't really like step into it, even though you're in a position of authority. Yeah, and right. That can be a bit problematic because people can be expecting you to make those decisions and then you're like trying to sidestep them. And try to avoid making a decision. Yeah, as well. so I was saying before to you in the break, like when I'm facilitating my urge is always to be like, I don't want to be authoritarian, so I'm just going to like let everyone talk and I'm not going to like jump in. I'm going to really empower them. Like That's always <laughs> what I think. But power dynamics play themselves out in the room all the time and sometimes you have to intervene in them or sometimes you have to moderate a room to make sure that things are fair and everybody gets a voice and things like that. So actually just trying to like step out of the power can be a problem. It can actually let existing power dynamics keep playing themselves out as they are right so you know don't just sit there with it yeah yeah step Mm. in embrace it (laughs) what else does she say she says using too much ammo is a common mistake so she says if you identify as the weaker party you start every encounter from a perceived one down position if you're kind of convinced that you won't be able to get your point across you start off in an escalated way Right, so you're on the defensive. Yeah, you're on the defensive immediately. You're ready. You're ready <laughs> yeah. to attack and strike back. Yeah, and you, sometimes you like don't realize that you're actually the one that's maybe using the power in a unconscious way right. in the first place. And being motivated by like your prejudices as well. Like, oh, in mm-hmm. the past, these things have happened to me, so this I need to be on the defense immediately. Yeah, totally. And I need to defend and my you power know, immediately. This can be really subconscious, and this can come from real awful experiences you can like subconsciously go oh god this is always going to happen to me so i just really need to be heard mm-hmm. and then you can you know inadvertently alienate people with that mm. so, yeah something i can I see feel a lot. the relation that people are having out there yeah <laughs> like i feel like that's relatable <laughs> for a lot of people <laughs> yeah the next one is using power to boost your low self-worth so you use your rank like a drug. <laughs> we were saying just before, <laughs> you can get high on power. It's really easy to do that. It's like, yes, mm, look <laughs> what I can do. It's very seductive. Yeah. It's great to feel important. It's great to feel needed and respected and Because <laughs> it, it corrupts. It can corrupt, right? Like yeah. yeah. Especially if you're getting high off of it, the dopamine, the reward, you eventually. Yeah. And often it can be covering up insecurity, you know. Who would have like, thought oh, that? I'm, I'm gonna go get. I'm gonna go 
do power seeking things because I'm actually feeling really bad about myself. I'm gonna do power seeking things because I feel powerless. Yeah. Even yeah. though you actually are in oh, power. The paradox. <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the paradox. I love this stuff. <laughs> power <laughs> getting paradox. me excited with paradoxes. <laughs> Yeah, so the next one she says is buying your own pitch. And this one, I think this is one of the key ways that power can really corrupt people is when you create a culture where your ideas aren't challenged. So you surround yourself with like, yes, people, <laughs> none of them, none of them want to say to you, oh, I don't think that idea is great. <laughs> can we do Everyone's something like, else? Or like when you're watching the, you know, like a singing show uh, where, you know, it's sort of like cattle call and a whole bunch of like singers rock up and they're kind of like Aussie Idol, didn't want to have to mention it, or The mm. Voice or something. And, you know, <laughs> they've been told their whole lives by their family that they're really good singers, but then they mm-hmm. go to this audition, they humiliate themselves in front of the whole country because they've been told this whole time that they could sing, even yeah. though they probably need a lot more lessons. Yeah. <laughs> Like, okay, tell your friend when they've got a piece of food on their face. <laughs> yeah, oh, please do that. <laughs> please do it's that. It's really uncomfortable, but you got to do it. <laughs> yeah, you got to do it. <laughs> yes. Second last one, satisfying your self-interest. So, a high-ranking role makes it easy to satisfy personal needs. And there's an example here. If you're a professor, you can compel your graduate students to take over undesirable tasks. Or if you're a boss you can get subordinates to run errands for you. So it's misusing power. Yeah, it's like you're wielding (laughs) it, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. totally. Like, people can't (laughs) say no to you because you're, like, their boss or their leader in some way. And people use that a lot, Or maybe you just have the social capital in a community. Like, it doesn't even have to be a formal position of hierarchy. It can be an informal position. You can can get people to do things for you that they don't really want to do. Dicey. That mm-hmm. transcends into, like, many areas, uh, you know, whether that comes from professional spaces, family dynamics, all sorts of things. Yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, that abuse of power. Mm. Yeah, family dynamics are full of power dynamics, you know? Oh, so many, <laughs> like, so many. Yeah, so Including when you have pets as well. In, like, institutions you can see things. the flow through, of, you know, you have parents, maybe you have grandparents, and they also have a certain area of power depending on the situation children siblings in order from the youngest to the eldest and then you have pets as well pets fall into the dynamic and then how do like each of the siblings regain their own power yeah or manipulate (laughs) power from each other oh it's a whole thing it's it's really (laughs) so fascinating maybe we'll talk about families and power dynamics are you a a only child or an oldest child i'm an only child okay um but i was i have I have a half-brother and half-sister that are about the same age, a bit younger than my parents, actually. Or, well, a bit younger than my mum. My dad's much older. I was sort of raised half as an only child and then a little bit with, like, my nieces who are the same age as me. Mm. And I was the youngest out of the two of them. So I was... Uh, and I was with them a, a so bit. kind of so. a bit only, a bit youngest. A bit youngest, a bit <laughs> only. A yeah, it's a weird fusion. Yeah, mm. totally. I'm a bit of a loose cannon. <laughs> I personally feel like sibling order tells you a lot about a person. It does. It really does. <laughs> and how they use power. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> mm. I'm definitely, I've got the oldest child thing of like, I really want to try and control my circumstances. I want to try and be really good. I want to do well at stuff. I'm a bit perfectionistic sometimes. Overachiever. Overachiever. Yeah. yeah. You're uh-huh. highly responsible, but yep. sometimes too responsible for other people's stuff. Yeah. <laughs> need to relax. Gosh. You know, yeah, the whole like, totally. calm down a bit, relax. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Okay, and the last one, simply overdoing it. So Julie says, 
Like Narcissus, it's easy to become mesmerised by our reflections when you, we occupy high-ranking roles. The lecturing <laughs> professor falls in love with the sound of her own voice and fails to see she's lost interest from the class. <laughs> <laughs> the boss micromanages and refuses to delegate, believing himself smarter than everyone else. <laughs> so then you can have this inflated sense of com- self-confidence and... I feel like everyone can relate. There's someone there that, or there's something that yeah. you can relate to or that you've seen or that you've seen unfold, whether that's a home or a work or whatever. Yeah. yeah it's totally oh, relatable. and working in community development, it's like I've met all of these archetypes <laughs> and I've fallen into them too. <laughs> yeah, and it's all circumstantial. It, it can is. be all like based on circumstance. Sometimes you're just like, okay, I'm new to this situation. I don't know everyone here. So I'm going to be more reserved than I normally would because I'm learning the power dynamics and yeah. how things unfold. Yeah, Yeah. and I guess, like, I just think there's such a taboo around talking about power and it gets a really bad rap, and I do really wish we were just less ashamed about it and saw it as just a really natural part of being in a community, being human, (laughs) being with other people. Like, it's part of us, and just talking about it and having awareness about it is such a really good thing. And power can always change. Yeah. Always and it's change. not necessarily it's bad. It's really useful. It's how we change the world. Like, how are we going to change the world if we totally see ourselves as powerless exactly. inevitably all the time? My beautiful <laughs> trans fam has come to the end of transmission. Thank you so much, Marissa, coming in and talking about power. Thanks so much for letting me nerd out. <laughs> Absolutely. Anytime. You'll be back for sure. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll see you all next week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Transmission. See you next Tuesday, 9 to 10 a.m. on 4 Triple Z.